for our gospel lesson, which comes from Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cockcrow, or at dawn, or at else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of God, for we are the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As we begin this Advent season together this morning, we are starting a new year on the Christian calendar. And maybe that's why I feel such excitement today. Our sermon series is There's a Song in the Air, and we'll be taking a look at Advent and Christmas carols as a way of preparing for Jesus' birth. Each week, we're going to examine a different one and see how that carol is connected to our Bible readings. Now, these carols, like most church music, are meant to teach theology about Christ and his coming. These songs are ripe with symbolism, encouraging us to look around and to notice the changes and the signs of the season. Carols come from all around the world, but many of our traditional carols have their roots in French and Latin. As a person, as I've told you, who loves song lyrics, I'm excited to tell you what I learned about our carol today, which is People Look East. So you may want to have your hymnal open. Um, the hymn is 202, so you can have that text in front of you. We will sing it um, at the end of the service today. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, in this season of Advent, open our hearts to the working of your Holy Spirit. May the noise of our to-do lists quiet down so that we can hear the words you have to say to us today. May your light shine through my own insufficiencies that your voice may be heard. Amen. I don't think I've ever met a person who doesn't like Christmas music. 
Now, I've met a lot of people who don't want to hear it or talk about it before the day after Thanksgiving, but I don't really think I've met anybody who didn't like Christmas music. Christmas music brings a smile to our faces, and even when it was playing in November, right, maybe even October this year, <laughs> um, I still found myself singing along because something about it just makes you happy. Now, around church, we make somewhat of a distinction between an Advent hymn or carol and a Christmas hymn or carol. What that means is that some songs, the Advent ones, are specifically written to talk about preparing for Christ's promised coming or the expectation that comes with a season of waiting. Christmas hymns or carols proclaim that Christ has been born and the earth is rejoicing. Of course, there are plenty of other Christmassy songs that we hear and we enjoy, and we sing along to them nonetheless on our local radio station. Noting these differences helps us to hear the message that God is sending to us through the waiting and then through the arrival of the Christ child. And so we begin the waiting part, the, the Advent part, the time of expectation. We started our morning by lighting the Advent wreath, and each week we'll mark the progression of expectation. Our carol, People Look East, describes the anticipation of a very special guest, a guest whose name is love. Of course, it is Jesus who is the embodiment of love and the person we wait for during this special time. The stanzas describe how to wait, prepare, expect, and welcome this love. People Look East was written by Eleanor Fergion and published in the Oxford Book of Carols in 1928. Fergion was born in 1881 and raised in England as the daughter of two writers. Nellie is what she was called by her parents, and she was known for being a shy child with a vivid imagination. Her parents surrounded her with books and encouraged her to write at a young age. As she grew into adulthood, she found herself in a circle of talented artists and writers and musicians. She authored more than 80 children's books and poems published in England, winning awards like as the, such as the Hans Christian Andersen Award and the Carnegie Medal. She was also invited to become a dame of the British Empire, but she turned it down, saying that she did not wish to become any different from the milkmaid. I guess she was a very humble person. Although you might not be familiar with her children's books, you're probably familiar with the lyrics to another church hymn recorded by Cat Stevens in 1971, Morning Has Broken. As you can see, both of those hymns call forth a childlike wonder and whimsy, referencing animals and nature. The musical setting of People Look East is a traditional French carol, which originally used the anonymous text, Shepherds, Shake Off Your Drowsy Sleep. Shepherds, Shake Off Your Drowsy Sleep. I think we got the better end of the deal. In Fergion's poem, we are invited to look east, where the sun rises each day into the place where the Messiah will come. The rising sun is a sign of hope and a reminder to watch and wait. 
Each stanza invites love by calling on four different images, guest, rose, star, and lord. There is one additional image which is omitted in our hymnal, and that is bird. You heard that stanza during the lighting of our Advent wreath. We hear that there is this empty nest that will soon be filled with life, and we must guard it carefully for love, the bird, to nest securely. These cosmic and organic images serve as symbols and models for preparation. We are called to make our homes ready, to hold on to the hope of new growth and to the promise of a spring after winter. The carol clarifies the themes of Advent. Prepare and keep watching. Although things may seem desolate now, something new is beginning. Our gospel text today reminds us to be alert and to be watchful, which is the overarching theme of the first Sunday of Advent. Mark 13 is known as the Little Apocalypse, serving as that break between a recounting of Jesus' teaching in the temple and the Passion narrative. These verses about the end of the world include elements of good and evil, pessimism about the state of the world and imminent destruction. These images of calamity are reminders of God's judgment, but also signs of hope that there are better days ahead. At first, it might seem strange to talk about the end times on a day like today, one that marks the new year with the anticipation of Jesus in a manger. But I wonder if it helps us to understand how the Jews must have felt as they waited for the coming of the Messiah. They were unaware of the time and the day or the hour that they, and they had to wait and wait and wait for their Savior. During that time of waiting, they endured slavery and persecution and separation from one another. They had to hold on to a hope much bigger than themselves. We can look around our world and see how things need to change. Not a week goes by when the news doesn't disappoint us. And it is clear that we want better days ahead. This week, you probably bought some gifts for a prison fellowship, or maybe you added food to our food pantry for the Wesley Center. These are amazing gifts, but they are also signs that we have very real needs in our community. And we could go on and on, right? We could make lists of things that are wrong with our world. It's clear. We need a Savior, and we must hold on to a hope much bigger than ourselves. We live in that in-between place. We know what will happen on December 25th. We've, we've, done the, we've done that before. We will celebrate Christ's birth, and yet we aren't there yet. Christ is coming back to make all things right and to restore the earth. So today we live in those two worlds, knowing what is coming and yet having no earthly idea. Holding on to hope. In the Mark text, Jesus promises the disciples that he will be coming back, but that no one knows when this will occur. The people may look for signs in the heavens and notice the changing of that fig tree, but no one except God knows when Christ will return. 
Jesus invites the disciples to wait as a watchful doorkeeper whose master is away. The servants would surely want to keep the house clean and ready, keeping up with the running of the estate while the master is away because they don't know when he will return from that journey. And we sing those words in People Look East. Make your house fair as you are able. Trim the hearth and set the table. Love, the guest, is on the way. I know many of you spent time trimming your home with decorations. Maybe you set up a tree, or maybe you put a few lights outside. Maybe you dragged out all 15 boxes of Christmas decorations. That's what it was always like in my house growing up. From the attic and began to place those things around your home. Some of you are preparing to receive guests this season, and you want that bathroom to be adorned with the right-smelling Christmas soap and embroidered Christmas towels, right? I mean, who doesn't love a beautiful Christmas towel? Man, y'all are tough to get to laugh this morning. (laughs) All right, come on. Come on, guys. (laughs) Help a preacher out. As a church, we did the same thing, right? We have greenery around here. There was a group here this week who, who decorated the church, who got these trees ready, who, who put up festive bows, right? It's all a part of preparing. It's all a part of keeping watch. We do not passively wait by sitting in a comfy chair or in a church pew, but we actively set things up for Jesus' arrival. We do all of these things to mark that this time of waiting is special. It is outside of the ordinary. It is different. As we internalize the parable and Jesus' words to be alert, we ask ourselves, are we ready? Are we prepared for Jesus to come? We clean our homes and we decorate our staircases, but we also sweep out the cobwebs of our hearts. We dust off the Bible and we hear the age-old story again to transform us from ordinary people to God's people. We turn inward in Advent to contemplate and to consider what it really means to receive Jesus again. And we pray for peace on the earth. A few years ago, I watched um, Jason's second cousin, Brooklyn, um, open a special present from her family. And she was unwrapping it in only the way that a small child can, you know, um, trying very hard but still not quite all the coordination to do it well yet, hasn't mastered it. But inside there were two gifts. There was the Little People Nativity set, which we have at our house. And if you don't have one, you'd probably enjoy playing with one too. Um, But you have the Little People Nativity set. And then we had... A, a book, a book about kind of the basic story, the Christmas story of, of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and Bethlehem. And it really didn't take Brooklyn very long to begin carrying around those figures and saying, this is Mary, this is Joseph, this is Jesus, right? It, they learn very quickly. And I remember that she was trying to give the little baby, little people Jesus like a giant bottle, right? Because that's just how it works. And the reason that it was just so beautiful and touching to watch her open this gift is that it was so new, right? It was all that wonder and that excitement. 
It wasn't just that she was cute, which of course she was, but it's that first Christmas, you know, when a child can recognize and learn that story. The first time that a, a person can internalize that who and what and when and where, the child learns to wait for the birth of the baby, to wait for Christmas. The child begins to point out all the baby Jesuses that they see around town. And eventually, the child will claim that story for themselves. The manger and the baby begin to mean a whole lot more. As this Advent begins and you prepare for Jesus' coming and Jesus' second coming, hear this story again. Sing the lyrics to these carols as if you're singing them for the very first time, totally new and in awe of how God might be speaking to you. Hear the hope in the words and discover new images and symbols for welcoming Christ. Wake up early and look to the east. The sun offers a message of hope for a new day, a promise that the Messiah is coming, and a clear message of good news for all the people. Amen.